This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where customers who save by switching their home and car save nearly $800 on average. Quote at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $793 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2021 and May 2022. Potential savings will vary. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com wonder. Morning. Mm. Could you hand me up? Yeah, sure. How, uh... How did you sleep last night? Fine. Right. I'm going to dip that bastard in acid like a recalcitrant fucking Achilles. How do you have that much vitriol at 8 a.m.? Just wait until I've had my tea. Hello? Philippa. Yes, it's me. Look here, you tell Anthony that he can take his abominable suggestions and shove them directly... No, no. He's clearly not making an effort at all. I specifically told him... You were there when you heard me tell him this, that I wanted the narrator to have a deep and feminine voice to properly capture the tone of the... His casting pool is bloody garbage. Barely a quarter of it is women lower than a mezzo-soprano. Barely half of it women. God forbid anyone non-binary. Well, that's what open calls are for. Yes, for an audiobook. 
I really don't like to pull rank, Philippa, but it's expected these things will be good. And you know what will happen if we disappoint people. Hey, Lucy, I think you're... I don't understand why I'm the only one who appears to be taking this seriously. First they tried to get a man to read it, and then it all went even further downhill from there. Lucy! I'm Lucy! I'm not trying to be unreasonable, it's just that they have to be done right! Lucy! Would you please take that thing off the fucking stove? Oh. Yes, I'm, I'm sorry. Thank you! Philippa? I'm still here. Yes, that was Dr. Tucker. The chemistry doctorate. Oh, you wouldn't believe me if I told you. It was certainly... educational. But, as I was saying, the audiobooks need to be perfect, and I don't understand why Anthony doesn't trust me to know how to do that. Of course I know my audience. You made me a Twitter. Occasionally I even use it. Well, all right. Fine. If he's so very sure of himself on the matter, I'll prove it. I'll make a spreadsheet. The spreadsheet is non-negotiable, Philippa. But I'll prove I know my audience. Then he'll see. Then they'll all see. Well, adjusted doesn't get you to number one on the New York Times bestsellers list twice. It gets you a two-story in Bath and a disappointing husband. Have a wonderful day. We're closed. Not for me, you're not. Michael, I require your insider expertise. Uh, hey, Lucille. Of? The fan community around my books. I am attempting to convince the idiot making the audiobook versions that I am in touch with my audience. Are you? Oh, heavens no. You couldn't get me to regularly use Twitter if you put a gun to my head. Which is where you come in. Uh, what do you want to know? Because I don't personally know how much of that stuff works. Audiobooks? Yeah. I just like to argue about which monsters could tag-team Godzilla. What's the big deal, anyway? Just find some guy to read the thing, record a couple sessions, and put it up for download. Easy peasy. Actually, babe, it's a little more complicated than that. And you would know. I took an online publishing course last summer. My internship at the courthouse was really boring. But to answer your question, Mike, making an audiobook isn't just about finding someone with a nice voice anymore. It's expected to match the gender and ethnicity of the protagonist, and make sure they're represented by an agency that the publishing company can work with. And obviously there's a ton of industry politicking, clout, clout, clout. It's a mess. Right? And then some. I've developed some coping mechanisms I'm not exactly proud of. Really? Edison's gotten me into the History Channel. We'll say. It's quite funny how angry she gets at some of it. Well, I'm not super into the fandom itself, so I don't know how any of that relates to knowing your audience. That's more Mike's thing. I've got a Reddit for fan theories, yeah. Reddit? It's where people put their Animal Crossing packs! I don't know color theory! I got a 2 on my AP Drawing and Painting exam! 
Now, how the hell do you get a two on an art test? I ran out of ideas. What was your thesis? America the Beautiful. Yep, that'll stump you these days. People have theories? And you know of them. What are they saying? Well, that a pronunciation guide would be nice for starters. People have found some official stuff, but there's a running joke that you can tell when someone joined the fandom by the way they pronounce Cartivaticus. It's pronounced Cartivaticus. One down, a hundred to go. There was that fan project a few years back, right? Uh, yeah. Some people got together and started trying to make a fully recorded audiobook themselves, but they only got a few chapters in before infighting killed the whole thing. Which sucks. A bunch of people who really wanted to get into the fandom were looking forward to it. What do you mean? What was stopping them before? Accessibility? There are lots of reasons for audiobook versions, not just marketing through another revenue source. For some people, textual books just aren't an option. If you have low vision, or English isn't your first language. Everyone at my house mostly speaks Kurdish, so I learned English at school by listening to the Nancy Drew books and following along. And, of course, if you have a learning disability. Yeah, like dyslexia. A story can be super cool-looking and popular, but if you can't read the books, you can't read the books. Ah. Yes. I understand how that's... an issue. News to the fandom. Mike! What? She literally came in here asking if people had theories about her multi-twist-heavy fantasy books. I'm sorry, know about what? Um... About the discourse. People are kinda... Well, you haven't given any reason as to why there aren't audiobooks yet. And you're not exactly well known. You don't do cons or signings or anything that lets fans get to know you. So, it's pretty weird, yeah. But it does kind of leave room for folks to speculate. About what? You just said they barely know anything about me. About if you're not working to make audiobooks an option. Or just being really lazy about it. What? Lazy? Okay, coming at it from purely a public relations mindset. What are they supposed to think? You haven't connected with your audience whatsoever. You haven't endeared yourself to them so they're in a place to defend you. I mean, I don't really know you that well, Miss Kensington, and you don't seem like the kind of person to not care about this sort of thing. I am quite literally physically disabled. And and there are other things. I'm butch. I'm half Filipina. How could they possibly think? Does your audience know that? Well... Well, no. I consider myself an appropriately private person. Okay. Then if I were in this situation, I would have a pretty clear idea of what to do. I shouldn't have to share such intimate personal details of myself to justify a perfectly reasonable delay. Really? Because I could tell you were all three of those things the first time you walked in the diner. But that view wasn't exactly limited to what fits on the inside of a book jacket. These days, pretty much everybody in a creative industry has some form of regularly used social media. Fans want to connect with the people who make the stuff they love. It sucks, but if you don't do that, people kind of assume you have something to hide, or just don't care. That doesn't seem fair at all. Welcome to public relations, Miss Kensington. It's not for the faint of heart. Yeah, which is why you're totally going to kick ass at it. <laughs> Thank you, Mike. Look, don't take my word for it. Mags was the one who told me about that course in the first place. This thing is kind of her jam. Mags? Sorry, Maggie. 
Quince? She's married to my sister. Oh. Yes, I suppose a librarian would be quite well-versed in the subject. I don't know about that, but if you want to know all the industry drama, she will literally talk for hours about it. Ask her about why the Percy Jackson movies were such a shit show. It's really funny. I'll... uh, do that. Thank you. You two have been very helpful. Hey, Soups, what are you working on anyway? Uh, just a list of potential blackmail material in case my presidential successor tries to mess with any of my projects. You mean, like a call-out post? Babe, please. Call-out posts are for virgins. And people who don't touch grass. And I run cross-country. Mrs. Quince? I'm sorry to disturb you, Oh my gosh, Lucille! Hi! Call me Maggie, yeesh! We're both adults here. Uh, Maggie, then. What brings you to my, uh, domain? (laughs) Cause if it's to see that waiting list, we may be here a while. Oh, no, no. Miss Siobhan sent me your way, actually. She said you would be able to tell me about the more publicity-laden side of audiobook adaptation. Huh. Well, I'm down for a quid pro quo. How about you sign a few copies of yours we've got, and I'll tell you anything you want to know. I... I wouldn't be defacing... Are you kidding? You wrote the darn things. I've honestly been meaning to ask you, but it's not an easy question to word right, if you know what I mean. Acutely. All right, if you don't mind, then. Let me grab a Sharpie. Uh, The fiction section is right this way. Right, so, audiobook adaptation. What's the fuss? Well, as I'm sure you know, we're still trying to get the books already out adapted. It's not as if I'm not making it a priority, but there's just roadblock after roadblock after- Okay, let me stop you there. I was really surprised when audiobook copies didn't release alongside the text ones. Ah, as I said, we hit some snags. Duh. But typically it's protocol for those snags to get ironed out before any version of the book is released. I know the first one had a pretty niche audience until the second blew up, but in my opinion and that of the industry, it shouldn't be an afterthought. It's another revenue source for the publishers, and for some people, the only way they get to experience that story. Yes, yes, exactly. Which is why I've been trying for so long to make them perfect. So what? I'm sorry? So what? Who cares how perfect they are if they don't even exist? I mean, not to be blunt and all, but you're getting yourself pretty worked up over something that's mostly seen as a bare-bones bare minimum. It's not about production value like an audio drama or a song. It's an accessibility tool. Are you saying that those things aren't worth the effort? I'm saying it doesn't really matter how much effort you put in if, at the end of the day, there's nothing to show for it. Why does this mean so much to you, if you don't mind me asking? Is it an autism thing? Uh, I'm sorry? 
How did you- I had a feeling, especially after your career day speech. We're pretty good at clocking each other. Oh. So you- Yeah, I've got my own bowl of soup or ice cream sundae or whatever metaphor you want to use. Sufi wasn't lying. I'll talk your ear off about all the stuff Lewis and Tolkien did to piss each other off. But seriously, you seem really invested in this. Why? I... Well... You must know. It's personal. It always is when you write something so close to your own experience. This story and its characters... They're not the kinds of people you typically get to see be the hero. We don't fit that description most of the time. They're outsiders. Refuse. The sidekick or comic relief or... The villain. But in real life it's the other bloody way around. And abled people never have any desire to understand that. So when we write our own stories, when we do see ourselves, if we don't get it perfect, it feels like a step backwards. Like we're giving them an excuse to not even try. We have to prove our stories are worth telling. Everything about my books have to be perfect because we don't have any other option. Can I, you know, turn off the old social skills for a second? Uh, of course. Okay, you're a hypocrite. Excuse me? You're excused. You're also going on and on about how difficult it is to be disabled, which, don't get me wrong, it is. And yet, you're using some very easily workable traits of yours as an excuse to make your empowering, important art totally inaccessible for lots of other disabled people. Lots of disabilities make it hard to read. That's an irrefutable fact. So, when folks encounter a book that looks interesting and claims to be about telling our stories, and yet doesn't even have a version they can experience, they're not going to bother. They'll probably even think it's inauthentic. What's the point of all that representation if, to the people who can't access it, they don't even exist? <sighs> Look, I know how you're thinking. Our brains love a world that is black and white with no compromise or room for scary complications. Sometimes that can be really useful and good. But right now, you need to think outside your bowl. And that's how life works for everyone. We just get a special version of it. And what does thinking outside my bowl mean? It means that every act of creation deserves love and attention, but that requires understanding it's not all about you. I don't think you're being selfish on purpose, Lucille, but the world is not a manuscript. You can't just push until things turn out the way you plan them in your head. You have to learn to adapt. I find that's quite against our nature. Maybe. But I've got a stack full of evidence right here that you're pretty good at taking edits. Red ink doesn't mean the story is bad. It means there's room for it to grow. There. 
You're not allowed to complain about being cold for the rest of the night. I don't suppose you're going to pick those up? They're drying. They're a heap. I'm sorry, which of us is the scientist here? <clears throat> All right, where were we? I believe Aziraphale was being right about everything. <laughs> Biased? You would think that. I'm a way cooler antichrist, though. Oh, really? Make it stop snowing. Do it yourself, miracle Grow. Not after the day I've had, thank you. You'll get half an hour from me, and then I'm going to bed. How's the audiobook stuff going, then? You make anybody else regret being born? Actually, I gave my approval to the woman they cast, and they're set to begin recording next week. Wait, really? Please tell me you didn't get visited by three ghosts. If ghosts are real, I'll snap. <laughs> no. Just a very tenacious librarian. Turns out, it's not all about me. You'll listen to Maggie Quince when she tells you that, but not me? That's what I've been saying for over half a year. Oh, shut up. Do you want me to read to you or not? You're the one that picked the book, dude. You've got a serious irony problem. How do you feel about whales, Edison? They're awesome. I would kill for each and every one of them. Why? Oh, nothing. If you, uh... If you'd like, I can get you a copy of the audiobooks when they're finished. I'm sure Christina will do a much better job than I do. No, no, you're good. I'm good. Thank you. Really? I can't imagine- I, uh... I've got my own version of the story. It feels weird hearing somebody else's voice read it. You knew where to do all the inflections, and you let me stop you every five seconds to make you explain shit, and... I like this version I have, is what I'm saying. Don't fix what ain't broken. Right. Yes. Well, glad to be of assistance. It's certainly good practice for all those future presentations. Ugh. They're your fans, man. They'll eat it up. Speaking of which, how's the reaction? People excited? put out a statement on Twitter about why things have been taking so long. Apparently this series attracts autistic people like flies to a Rubik's Cube. They've been... surprisingly understanding. I feel a bit foolish, to be honest. No comment. Stop being smug. I refuse to read to a smirk. I am the picture of stoic. Oh yes, you could almost convince me. Now, let me see. Friday. Where the Stars Fell is a production of Caldera Studios and is produced and written by Newton Shottlecotty. The voice of Mama Gabe was Kira Gill. The voice of Mike L. was Kyle Street. The voice of Sufi Shirvan was Sahar Iman. The voice of Maggie Quince was Leigh Nick Farjam. The voice of Lucille Kensington was Madeline Harvey the voice of Dr. Edison Tucker was Newton Shottlecotty. Script edits were done by Kit Adams and Charleston Aris with a sensitivity read by Kit Adams. All sound effects taken from Audio Library, Sound Library, Nogatee Studio, Original Foley, or used under Creative Commons license. Find transcripts, social media links, and places to listen at wherethestarsfell.com.
one minute, I'm in the heavens arguing with my ex, and the next, I'm sent back in time 100 years to buttfuck nowhere, stripped of all of my godly powers. This was supposed to be the story of how I found justice for my pa's murder. But now, now my destiny's tied to hers. As is mine. Either I shadow this otherworldly woman or I die. That is the contract I signed with the devil. But what could the devil want from this woman? This goddess? Radio Outcast, a fantasy western adventure. Season 1 is out now, found wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Safe travels. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. How much do you know about cryonic preservation? Cryonic preservation. The preservation of human beings at extreme low temperature. You mean like like uh, Walt Disney? I swear to God, if you say anything about Walt Disney's frozen head, I'm hanging up this phone right now. Swear to me, you've never heard of the Red Valley Seabolt until I just told you. I swear. You swear? Could you take your hand off my knee? Look, Warren, if they're sending the butter wouldn't melt new boy looking for Red Valley, it'll be for a reason. Trust me. People are losing their lives in this company. We pulled him out too soon. He is awakening exactly as we planned. He's dying on me! We're all murderers here. Bryony, you, me, that doorman probably. Guy on the corner there with a the neck tattoo. I bet he's killed someone. Would you like to cut his head off? I'm sorry. The saw is funny. Gordon, why are you sharing this stuff with me? Why are you smiling? I don't know. I smile when things get awkward. Get in your golden bullet, pick me up. You want to go to Red Valley? You want to go to Red Valley? Red Valley. 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 Red Valley is available on all podcast providers. Do you want to continue?